0: You're listening to the Underdog Sports NFL Show with host
1: Chris Horwadel and Mario Hines. Brought to you by Underdog Sports. Each week, Chris and Mario welcome current NFL stars and discuss the biggest news from around the football world. Hey, everybody. Welcome to this week's episode of the Underdog NFL Show. I'm Chris Horwadel. And as we gear up for the start of football in well, oh, just about three weeks, We're going to go back a little bit and we're going to play two of our favorite interviews that we've done so far, both Mario Heinz specials. First, we're going to hear him talk to former 49ers Hall of Famer Jesse Sapolu, and then German League football star Mike Mayer. Hope you enjoy the interviews. Here you go. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I'm here with the great, all-time great Jesse Sapolu of the San Francisco 49ers. Jesse, how are you?
0: I'm doing good. Thank you for having me on.
1: Oh, thanks for, thanks for hopping on with us. Um, So, yeah, um, it's crazy these days how, um, how much people say the game has changed. Um, So it's an honor to have someone uh, not only from what I would call the glory days, but from one of the, if not the greatest dynasty in NFL history uh, in the 49ers. So with that said, um, what are a couple of your fondest memories of being a 49er um, during that era?
0: Um, I, I think uh the fact that, that I'm a fan now and, and you look at the Patriots and their run and, and uh you know, we made our run before social media, but uh looking at it from a distance, uh when you're actually involved in it and you're playing, you don't appreciate what you're doing. Uh but now you've been removed from it and uh seeing another dynasty takes place, uh, it it makes you proud of, of your generation and, and what we did
1: in the eighties and nineties. For sure. For sure. Because, I mean, um, from even just from technological standpoint, from access to to the training, there's a thousand trainers, a thousand new um, ideas on what the best way to to develop your body. And and you guys were able to find a way to be the best um, for a long time. So that's huge. Um, Can you give me an example of a a crazy moment in the trenches that that we would have? I, I played outside. Um, outside of the box, I was a wide receiver. and, and <laughs> Those are two different worlds, I will say, for sure. Can you give us some examples of some crazy trench moments?
0: Well, I think, uh, you know, sometimes in the red zone, uh, when they're trying to run the ball down the defense's throat, you know, and and, uh, and people talk about the violence of the game when me and you played compared to what it is now, uh, you know, sometimes – I've been removed from the game. I cringe when I hear uh, them—the cracking of the pads uh, in those areas—and but when we were doing that, we didn't—we didn't really care about it because we were too busy uh, doing what we're doing. But now, you know, when you wake up some mornings, uh, it makes you uh, understand why your body feels a certain way. Now, you know, it's a violent game. Uh, A lot of uh, former players like ourselves think the game is getting too soft because. Mm -hmm. We enjoyed that gladiator part of the game, and that's why football is the number one sport, no matter what controversies are going on, because people are drawn to the violence of it. Yeah. Uh, uh, but, uh, you know, th- th- those are the things that I miss, is-, is knowing that we're up by-, by 10 and looking at the defense's eyes with-, with five minutes to go, and you know that if, if it's your will against Bears and if you can shove it down their throat, Uh, it's it's a final nail in the the coffin, so to speak. But that mindset that we went through uh, to impose our will on another man is kind of something that I miss.
1: Uh, I I feel that, and it's it's interesting you mention that because you can't regulate that part out of the game. You can try to to make contact as safe as possible, <laughs> but when a guy is is, is, yeah. is staring at another guy in, in, in the eyes, and the goal is to get in the end zone, or the goal is to stop him, how can you how can you regulate that out of the game? You can't officiate a man's uh, passion. So it's it's really no, you can't, and, and
0: that's the thing that uh, why there's so many uh, people uh, disagreeing with some of the rules that are being. Uh, Uh, implemented into the game is you're trying to make a game that's impossible to be completely safe
1: safer. So <laughs> Right.
0: Um, you know, I, I, I see where they're coming from, but it's it's a tough
1: situation. It is. It is. It is. Uh speaking of which, real quick, just to get your opinion on this with how physical the game is and how much of of a body takes a toll your body takes a toll, especially at the highest level. Um, what's your stance on, on, on the Le'Veon Bell issue or issues like that where a player is saying, Look, I just wanna get um as much as the the market says I'm worth um before my body disagrees
0: well, I agree with, with Le'Veon from the standpoint that, you know, uh, with running backs, once you you get close to 29, 30 years old, uh, the tendency is, uh, you know, organizations think that they can replace it with a younger player uh, where it wouldn't be that big of a difference. And, and he goes by position. So he's trying to get his money before he gets to the point where people put that stamp on him that he's he's getting too old. And right now, he either has to make a stance, which puts him at odds with his teammates sometimes. But at the same time, you know the, the NFL, especially when I played and when you played, there was no guaranteed money. Right. You know, you can sign a five-year contract, but they can cut you after the second year if you don't live up to it Exactly.
1: exactly.
0: And, and and you know, and then the opposite end of it, if you outplay that contract, I think you have the right to hold out. And right. I held out twice in my career because of the, those situations, but. uh, yeah, it's it's no win for anyone. You know, I understand where uh, Davion Bell is coming from, but uh, you also understand the fact that the perspective is missing.
1: Yep, yep, that's big. Glad to, I, I was the an, an advocate as well because of because of knowing the situation and how quickly it can change. So, um, good to hear, mm-hmm. good good insight. But um, okay, so bringing it back to to, to today's game. Um. Actually, your 49ers uh, had a big win against my hometown Lions, so this interview is kind of awkward. <laughs> we hung on. I right uh, you, did. you did, and it was weird because um, I actually picked the Niners in my picks last week, but I'm a huge Lions okay. fan. But uh, what are your thoughts on, on, on how you guys are looking this year? Well, I
0: think we're better. Uh, I think, um, uh, you know, the fact that we lost nine in a row last year, you know, until uh, we traded for Jimmy, uh, to uh you know, we the, our first draw this year was the Minnesota Vikings, which was the number one defense. Right, and we knew uh, when we played once again. You know, the, the the later the preseason games, the more we played. I played actually three quarters in the fourth preseason game uh, when I when I played all those years. Now it's just the opposite. You know, right. there's some stars that don't even see the field in preseason. Right, and I think the first two, three, four weeks. The defenses are ahead of the offenses because the offenses it takes a lot to to coordinate eleven guys, uh, you know, to to find that right chemistry. And I think the first couple weeks, you know, us playing Minnesota was a tough draw, and and yet at the same time we were still in the game to the very end. This week, I knew for a fact that uh, the Lions can't play any worse than they did against the Jets, yep, yep. and these guys are professional athletes, so they were going to come and play us tougher than anybody thought. Yeah, and they did, um, you know, and and we're still learning as far as us being a young team. We got them down by seventeen, and I spoke to you about what I missed and and you know, putting the the final nails in the coffin, and we didn't quite do it, and and uh, and the Lions almost came back to get us.
1: Yeah, yeah, good. Get- I think both those teams um, are gonna are gonna play better than the, we saw in even the first two weeks. I think the Niners are actually going to be um, a, a surprise in the West. Um, but yeah, you make a great point that we are seeing the effects of the limited contact through preseason and those first for the the for the opening opening game Thursday, um, Eagles and Falcons. You know that, that was a good at, all. Yeah, at all that was a direct result of like not being able to play. You know, and then you and ask guys good. to run yeah. a to go a mile a, a thousand miles an hour, you get the injuries, you get the so. Yeah, completely understand. Um. But switching gears a bit, um, Jesse, you are the chairman and co-founder of the Polynesian Football Hall of Fame. So, congrats on that. That's mm-hmm. awesome. Um, Thank you. Yeah, what led you to establish that history? What, what, um, how did you to to rise to to take a a hold or pride of, of of the Polynesian uh, history and football?
0: Well, I, I think it's important to where we are now as far as Polynesians. You know, uh, I, I didn't realize when I was looking into it, that the first Polynesian uh, player to play in the NFL was 1947 Mm. (laughs) for the Washington Redskins. And when I played, there were eight uh, Polynesians in the NFL, you know, and, and I would look down the schedule and I would find a roster with a Polynesian player. (laughs) And if we play that team, you look forward to seeing that person after the game, you know? So now we got, we got almost 80 guys in the NFL.
1: Wow.
0: We got, close to 1,000 in college from hmm. Division I, III, NAIA,
1: hmm.
0: and even more than that in high school. And I, I just felt like, uh, you know, Marcus Mariota won the Heisman. You know, Tua Tagovailoa is now the, 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 the favorite to win the Heisman. Yep. Uh, you know, that's unheard of. You know, back in the day, it was big linemen like myself <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> that were the type of Polynesians that came out. But because kids can travel now, with these off season uh, specialized camps, uh, we have made a lot of progress. I just don't want our youth to make millions of dollars and forget about the people, you know, that were pioneer that knocked that those doors down for them to get these opportunities. And I wanted them to understand the history of where it all started for us. And, uh, uh and so I started it six years ago and, and it has grown leaps and bounds and then mm we added what we call the Polynesian Bowl for the top high school football players all over the nation wow. because we don't host the Pro Bowl anymore in Hawaii. Mm. And 49% of those kids that we select for the game are non-Polynesians because we want to we want them to come down there and we share our culture with them so they right. understand. Like if an African-American kid comes down there and learns the, the warrior haka dance that we have and what it means, yeah, uh, the kids love it you know and and uh and you know some of these kids will be nfl stars and they will always remember that experience that uh we're able to to uh share with them
1: that is absolutely awesome i have to get um get down there just to learn to dance i'm all for it yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> you have to man <laughs> I, it's a must and i'll throw it all over my ig stories so you know i, I can i can pencil it in pencil it in soon for sure, but Absolutely. That, uh, um, what do you think about um, the opportunities now that the because uh, those numbers are super inflated and, and, and the growth is amazing to hear. Um, how about opportunities for for Polynesian head coaches? Because do you see that as something that that is next in line? Do you think that as the 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 the, the culture Polynesian culture starts to have football as a platform like like young African Americans have, that the next uh, next thing in line is is uh, coaching?
0: Yes, and and there's no doubt that we've benefited from from the growth of the uh, African-American race in sports. And, you know, I remember when I first came, you know, Bill Walsh was the first coach to start that minority program. Mm -hmm. And we had Marvin Lewis. uh, We had Tony Dungy. Those were the guys that were the interns back in the day. So I understand uh, where the the African-Americans have now grown to the point where their numbers are so humongous as far as players it's only right that we have uh, some success stories as coaches and now we have tony dungeon winning the super bowl and going into the hall of fame and we're going to continue to push that envelope and and we are at, at the same time you know trying to grow in not in those big numbers but but you're right you know why not try out to become coaches we have a lot of Polynesian assistant coaches. Mm-hmm. We have uh, an, a head coach in college at Navy, uh, Ken New Matamoros at the Naval Academy, mm-hmm. and and you know we just we just continue to grow, and and uh, and and be proud of of how we're going to grow uh, as a community uh, using the game of football, not only for our kids to get an education, but for our coaches to also share our culture and coach young men.
1: Absolutely, and that's that's the thing. I think we're all better for it when um the coach cult, every culture gets to have an opportunity to meet their skills their talent um and then give it back so if, if there's a coach out there um a trainer player all that should be open and opportunities should 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 um, be available so i'm excited um this is i when I when i got a chance to research um the w- what you started with the Polynesian football hall of fame i was really excited to talk to you about it so i appreciate the time is there anything else Thank you, you. want to add um that let the world know um that I missed?
0: Well, I, you know, I, I, I do an off season, alignment uh, lineman only, a specialized training, uh, for the last 10 years. And we've had uh close to, I think we have over a hundred uh, linemen that have gotten div- division one scholarships. You know, wow. we, when I first retired, my three of my boys played, uh, offensive line. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I was trying to adjust uh being a father because I was so, um, uh, Overwhelmed by my career, you know what the, you know what it takes to focus to be in the NFL. So right. when I came out, I realized that you got to send your kids to some of these combines to be noticed. You know, so my wife and I would would, would pay one hundred fifty, sometimes two hundred thirty dollars to send them to a combine, yep. and they're just running the forty, they run a shuttle run, they do the bench press, and I'm looking at my wife and I'm saying, "Really? Am I paying the money for the this?"
1: Right. You know, <laughs> for- so
0: I said. A lot of these linemen need to understand uh, if we have specialized camps for quarterbacks, offensive line and defensive line, they have techniques and the steps and the basic fundamentals that these kids need to learn. So I just started it out coaching my sons, and they started bringing friends. And from there on, you know, now we've grown to the point where any given Saturday, because I run a 16-week Saturday offseason, you know, two hours, just concentrating on basic fundamentals of both the Defensive and offensive lines. And, you know, in the first couple months, you know, we're over 200 linemen from California. There's linemen that that fly in from Utah because the parents understand the importance of it. And uh, now we're thinking of bringing it to Michigan because people see it on YouTube and social media and they're saying, how can we bring it here? Uh, You know, it's tough when I live in California, but we're going to try and, and, and spread it out and bring it to uh, like michigan or uh, uh texas wants it uh and things like that so I'm looking forward to uh to sharing it and and sharing with with line coaches that wants to volunteer to to help the kids you know and and use the game of football to get an education yeah and not let the game of football use you
1: absolutely and 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 when you're if you're interested, we would love to have it out here in Massachusetts. It's a growing market, so that is awesome to hear. Um, what's, the, what's the well? Do you is, it, is there a specific name um, to your camps that that it's we should called, know about? It's called MITT, which uh,
0: stands for Men in the trenches. Hmm. You know, I, I you know, you're you're a wide receiver. You know, <laughs> I play with Jerry Rice and John Taylor, and you know. That you need more than four seconds to develop your pattern. Exactly, (laughs) exactly. We know Joe Montana's on his back. (laughs) You know uh, you ain't gonna get your numbers. Exactly. If we Um, didn't get the ball, we knew that that something happened
1: in the trenches. So we (laughs)
0: absolutely. You know the game starts up front. uh, You know, but you know you played the skill positions where you you get all the stats. But you know, uh, the, the great teams is a combination of of having skilled guys, but then um, having the guys up front that that they can hold the foundation of that offense or defense.
1: Absolutely. The money's made up front. So that's why I honor you, Jesse, from now until forever, so that if I can catch a game winner at any point, it really goes – the game ball goes to you and and the bigs up front. So, yeah, of course. Um,
0: Well, I appreciate it coming from a wide receiver, man.
1: (laughs) More of us need to talk about it, but we're, we're too busy in front of the camera, but more of us need to talk about it. Jesse, thank you Absolutely. so much for the time. I appreciate it. You're always welcome back to the show. If there's any anything else that comes up or updates you'd like to let us know about, um, feel free to reach out, and we'll, we'll definitely um, let the folks know.
0: Likewise, brother. I, I look forward to seeing you in Hawaii one of these days, and, uh, and we'll talk soon.
1: Sounds good. Thanks, Jesse. All right. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye. There's no shortage of action going on with our exclusive partners at BetOnline.ag. Sports are slowly making its way back. MLB and now NBA join UFC, boxing, NASCAR, and soccer. BetOnline has all the best odds and lines for the upcoming games and matches.
2: Need more? BetOnline has simulated NFL, NBA, and UFC happening every day live for
1: you to check out. Looking for something else other than sports? BetOnline also has hundreds of live casino games, poker tournaments, and all the best props in the business. Visit BetOnline.ag or use your mobile device. And join now to receive your new welcome bonus and start playing today. Bet online, your online wagering experts. Visit BetOnline.ag and don't forget that promo code Podcast One. That's P O D C A S T O N E for your sign-up bonus. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. All right, welcome back to the show, ladies and gentlemen. Um, this interview is special for me. It's one of my closest friends. My proudest uh, accomplishments. Just uh, all around joy and one of my favorite people to to talk shit about. So we've got <laughs> <laughs> we've got uh, G- all GFL wide receiver Michael Meyer of the Ravensburg Razorbacks, top ten athlete in in Germany, arguably the best wide receiver in Europe. Mike, how's it going, man? I'm feeling great, man. I'm feeling great. Uh, thanks for uh, having me here. I'm excited. Word. Me too, man. Long time coming. Long time coming. Yes, sir. Let's not waste any time. Let's hop right into these stats, bro. Yeah. (laughs) Yes, sir. Let's get right to it. So, you totaled 106 catches. Yep. 1,728 yards. Yep. 26 touchdowns. Yeah, I am not joking, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) 26 touchdowns. Amassed two thousand six hundred forty-two all-purpose yards—crazy, stupid numbers, crazy numbers. Appreciate how did you, how, <laughs> how much did you expect to own a GFL two South this year, man?
2: Uh, to be honest, uh, after the last two kind of injury riddle seasons, um, I was happy that I I got back healthy. Um, that I I was able to work with you on on the, the whole the whole like craft of being a receiver. And uh, I actually, to be honest, I was confident that I could I could uh, lead the league like I did. So um, for me, it's like if you put in the preparation and the work, then uh, you can expect great results. And uh, that's what I got this year. And I'm very happy with how the season turned out without injuries and just, you know, winning the league and
1: leading the league. Word, word. Tell me more about the, the season experience. So Ravensburg uh, won, won the South Division, GFL South 2 Division. Tell me about how that went. What what, what was your guys' record and, and, and how was the season from start to finish for you and, and team-wise?
2: Um, So, before the season, like, the overall record was, um, I think it was, <laughs> I'm tripping right now because we tied once, You're which, right. can, which uh, like, mixes everything up. So, I think it was um, 11, what? 1, and 2 on yeah. in the regular season. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, so the whole experience of the season it was it was different. It was just we had a the year before we had a very run heavy offense. Like our coach was very old school, run first uh, approach type of guy. So um, I was happy that we brought you over for the for installing a, a pass game, a legitimate aerial attack, which actually got us from I think second to last in the league to first in the league. <laughs> so yeah it was it was it was great preparing for the season it was great like our quarterback was was a great a great guy was smart like um gave gave us the ball gave us opportunities to make plays and uh, our running back was a great athlete like the the o-line did well the the whole receiving core developed into into getting better our our number two guy andy he was he was like he had like his how i don't know how you say it in english but like his second second win He's a pretty old guy. Yes, that second
1: win. Yeah, Andy LeMayo. <laughs> Shout out to Andy Lemayo. He yeah. he had an all time GFL season as well. Uh, I think right he now. actually
2: corrected a thousand yards too. So Wow. Just barely. So yeah, we, we were running wild on people. So yeah, it was it was a great the the, the team itself, like the spirit was, was great, like we loved like playing together, playing for each other and that's ultimately what makes the championship
1: team that's amazing to hear. It was it was great to witness in the short time I got to witness the growth of not only the passing game but the confidence, the organization. Um and just to give you a run uh, a, a bit of a history, I played for Ravensburg for 2 years. That's my connection with Mike. Uh, I from from our connection, I thought um that installing helping helping support the pass game would be really important, but also it just knew this organization once they hit the GFL would be Will be poised to do something special, and now, and now they've done that. So it's great to hear, and it was great to witness. Um, but overall, my experience with Ravensburg and, and and people learning about the GFL, professional football in Germany, is growing at a crazy, crazy rate. And but there's still a large population in the U.S. that have no idea about the GFL. Although the GFL in 2016 had five GFL players sign NFL contracts three of which were European athletes, which is outstanding, which is crazy, one of which was drafted in the sixth round of the NFL draft, uh, and he was a German-born GFL rookie that year. Uh, I tend to explain, uh, Mike, I tend to explain the GFL to people in the States as consisting of 32 teams, and the top 16 teams are considered GFL 1, and the bottom 16 are considered GFL 2. And Robinsburg finished 17, the 17th team in the GFL, which is really, really good. Um, but can you talk more about the club, how the club system works in professional sports in Europe in general with like soccer clubs and how that affects professional football in Germany and like relegation games and moving up and, and how to get into that top 16 teams.
2: Yeah. Like you said, it's uh, like, uh, for like, what we just, just finished playing was the, was the so-called relegation games where you basically have a playoff against the, the last place team of the GFL one. So, Um, if you win uh, these games you move up and the other team moves down so that's kind of like comes uh, from the from the soccer in Germany where you kind of like have the same the same system and yeah it's just like soccer is so big in in Europe and in Germany especially that that is obviously the, the main the main sports so football like but football has this this hype the last I'd say 3 years 4 years 5 years where it's just since since there's uh, the NFL games in, uh, available on free TV in Germany like it got it got it, it blew up like people come into the games like we actually have have the the most sp- uh, spectators at our games in in the whole area like that's crazy compared to to um to soccer for example wow and uh, that's that's it it's I mean for me it's just it's just a a great experience like when I started there there were like barely any people and now the last three games we had like 2500 which is which is crazy crazy numbers for for uh, American football yep. in uh,
1: Germany so especially in South Germany where like Ravensburg yep. is a smaller town it's not a, right you know, There are not it, a lot of people Right right so that's amazing man Yeah that's
2: and amazing. um it's crazy that actually our team we have a lot of local guys so I'm actually pretty proud that we accomplished this without uh, recruiting a lot of European players because yep. um in in Germany uh, you can only have um two American players uh, at uh, at the same time on the field. Yep. So this makes th- this actually puts the the American guys that actually come over here in a in a little bit of a pressure situation because yep. they have to perform. They have to be difference makers. Yeah. So we have we had great great players uh here in in germany i've seen great americans fortunately uh, most of the time on on my team so <laughs> With mario and and Dre and uh our running back from from that time it's just it's just there were they were really legitimate football players out here so and for us it's great to learn from them and that's actually like how i got to to uh, succeed in this league just by by learning from mario and um like, just... Hello? And, um... You hear me?
1: Yeah, turn it up a little bit more if you can.
2: Okay. No? Yep. Okay, so, yeah. It's just, um...
1: Where do you, just... um... No, where where do, you, where do you see the sport growing in the next five years? Like, you're talking about the impact. Where do you see it going in the next five years in football in Germany?
2: I actually feel like it's it's gonna get only bigger. Like, people people start to 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 really understand the sport, because because uh, I mean, in, in in the states, it's of course everybody knows how football works, but in in Germany, it's like people gotta gotta learn. They they grow up with with soccer, so they gotta learn how it works. And once they understand, they actually they actually see the 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 beauty of the sport. So that's that's what why I think it's just gonna get bigger and bigger because the more people that learn about uh, the beauty of football they're going to tell their friends and they'd be like okay I, i'm i want to i want to experience this too so i only think it's it's getting big, bigger and bigger and people just love the sports that's why the the nfl games on tv are such a big success
1: that's exactly exactly i i, I predict the same thing just with with the gfl tv getting getting a, a national show right this year more and more high-profile players from America are coming over. The German-born players are becoming top players, not only nationally but internationally. Um German uh, for 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 folks that don't know, German players are are typically the players that are brought over to help support and grow other European teams. And European nationals come over to the GFL, and it's their dream to play GFL football. So if we're if we're scaling out. The importance of, of of football in Germany and the qua- the quality of ball. You're talking about the best the best of, from all over Europe uh, coming over to play. So the, the quality is high. I, w- I will I put it up there. It it, it teeters um, as far as top end. It teeters with with the CFL a bit there. So um, I'm excited for the growth of football. Speaking of growth, super excited for your growth and development over the last five years from your rookie year back in 2013. Where well, we first met up until now. Yep. <laughs> personally, bro, like I know I've said this, but personally I'm a huge fan of your game. You know this. As much Appreciate it. as much shit as I talk, I'm a huge yeah. fan of your game. I know. <laughs> um and I actually I've been I've been racking my brain lately trying to find an NFL comparison for you. And before I do, I would like to hear your opinion on that. So who would you say your your game compares to or, or who you model your game after in the league?
2: To be honest, um the where I want to want to get to like from a, from how he plays is probably Antonio Brown just because like he he he's not the biggest dude he's not the the like blazing fast but just the I love the technique part of the, of the game itself so I I really I really love how how he perfects his route running and his his toe drag swag and stuff like that and <laughs> I, just, I I just love seeing him play and succeed so. Yeah, I I want to model it after after Antonio Brown to be honest. Yeah,
1: that's that's a, actually I wasn't gonna go there, but that's all I would love to see that level of growth in your game, and I can actually see similar styles. You guys are very very uh, hard runners. I wouldn't necessarily necessarily say like blindly powerful, but but you, you guys use use your mechanics well, your personal mechanics well as far as your running style. Very quick and elusive in your in and out your routes and after the catch makes make big time catches can can be high volume guys mm-hmm. high volume Mike Mike this year proved that being a number 1 guy teams knowing that he was getting the ball playing inside outside doing everything and still being able to to put up crazy numbers shows his his savvy I think there's some growth to be said to 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 now the nuances of route running but man it's like it's exciting it's exciting to see to see where where your game's gonna go in the next in the next few years. How old are you again, Mike? Uh, I'm 24, turning 24. 25 soon. Yeah, yeah. But, so the so league it, is here for the next five six years. Yeah, <laughs> and it's just
2: it's just for me. It was just a, of course it was kind of like a gamble for for a European team to uh, have a German guy as their number one receiver because usually that role gets filled by by an American guy just because yep. they are usually like the the big time playmakers in this league. Yep. So yeah, I I was happy. I got the I got the 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 trust uh, and that the organization was confident to to go with me as the number one receiver, and it just helped me grow because it's it's different. <laughs> it's yeah. different playing playing as the number one receiver compared to playing behind Mario, for example, who who drew all the attention and I basically had a one on one. So yeah, but
1: it's it's exciting and I I love it. <laughs> yeah, no one no one will not know who you are when you line up. And and we found we found that out in week two. You know, (laughs) you you hitting me up saying, like, all right, double coverage. How how do I beat double coverage in this scheme? How do I beat double coverage in that scheme? And you actually going out there and and turning turning the suggestions into into plays and and playmaking and and even even lifting up the 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 games of of your teammates. Again, talking about Andy, some of the younger guys, there was major injuries at the receiver position. Mm-hmm. And we had to and, uh, the the team had to to play some younger guys, some developmental guys quickly. And and I I, I just want to say man, it, it seemed like you did a really good job of of sure. not only setting an example on the field, but but raising the bar and the standard of of what the passing game from the receiver standpoint would look like. So I tip Appreciate my hat, man. It.
2: Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir.
1: Yes, yeah, sir. Sorry, right, So you got Antonio Brown as your comparison. I'll go with that. I'll go with that. I'll I'll keep thinking, but I'll go with that. Mm-hmm. Um. Give me your top five wide receivers in the league.
2: Top five wide receivers. Yeah, it's, it's it's Antonio Brown, um,
1: Julio Jones.
2: Yep. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins, okay. Michael Thomas, and Odell Beckham Jr. You That's got
1: it. the standard top
2: five. Yeah, I know. It's just, it's just for me, it's just you know, like I said. I love Antonio Brown and Julio Jones he's just he's just a freak of nature so it's tough to leave him out just just by his his athletic skill and of course his hands are great like he's a yeah. overall great receiver. Yeah. And um I actually think that Michael Thomas still is kind of underrated just because yeah. pe- I mean he, he 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 doesn't have like these wow plays but he's he's so consistent and I, I love consistency because that that shows me how that that the, a, a player is great if yeah. he's consistently they're making plays, and so yeah, I, I really like Michael Thomas. And Odell, I, I to be honest, I he he didn't convince me this year at all at <laughs> this point, so I actually might like I almost left him out of the top five, but he he still got this this swagger and this these these hands <laughs> you can just yeah, you can't ignore you can't.
1: <laughs> exactly. Okay, that's interesting. So you said. Odell was was almost didn't make the list. Give me like two or three fringe guys that you think maybe in the next year or so, year or two, will will maybe crack the top five.
2: Um, maybe Devante Adams from the from the Green Bay Packers. Mm-hmm. Like he he's actually pretty good, and uh, Stefan Diggs. Like I really yeah. like him too, uh, up in Minnesota. So. Yep. Yeah, and he's he's pretty young too. He's probably I th- actually think he's younger than me. He got to be like <laughs> somewhere around twenty three or something. Yeah, That's he might crazy. be younger than you.
1: Ain't that nuts? I think actually, if I was to to model uh, a game after, I think your ta- your high end potential, your your ceiling potential would be Stefan Diggs. Just really, okay. really explosive after the catch. That once once you get the route running, like where you're you're doing it blindly and you just just putting guys on skates consistently. Yeah, you and Stefan Diggs could, can can really be uh, a good comparison and. and so, folks, um, Mike's highlights, uh, his highlights, it's going to be a lot of film, but his highlights yeah. <laughs> will be out. Um, we'll post on our Instagram, yes, Underdog Sir. Sports uh, NFL. Uh, at, on Instagram, we'll post post them on there. We'll post them. I'll post them personally on my Twitter. It's a me, Mario, and my Instagram, just to show some more of what, what, what Mike was able to do, So show some of that GFL uh, talent. And we'll possibly have Mike back for... Uh, maybe Super Bowl picks. Um, who's your team, Mike? So that we can all laugh at you. <laughs> it's, it's the Niners. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry it's, about it's, that, man. It's
2: uh, bad luck, I guess. I mean, <laughs> I mean, Jimmy G was—he's a quarterback for a reason. So don't, don't just run out of bounds, man.
1: <laughs> right. Exactly. Like, <laughs> don't do nothing thinking?
2: stupid. Run out of bounds, man. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's, cool, man. So, It so is what it is. It is we got what it is. we got some bright spots, but yeah. I'm, next year <laughs> yeah exactly I was Looking
1: at next year already but no man it's, it's always a pleasure talking to you i would love love to have you on the show again and uh yes, sir. good luck in the you. off season and, and we'll, we'll we'll see each other soon i'm sure
2: oh for, for sure for sure um thanks for having me it was a pleasure i'd love to to, to be back and uh, yeah now it's on to preparing for next year
1: my man, my man. All right, ladies and gentlemen. If you have any questions for Mike, any 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 interest about GFL, don't hesitate to to hit us up on Twitter. Go to the website. Hit us up on Instagram again, Underdog Sports NFL, and we'll uh we'll make sure Mike gets the questions and and maybe he'll shoot us some answers. We'll be right back.